The following podcast is sponsored by you. If you'd like to donate to help us continue providing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there, please use the link in the show notes for this episode. Proceeds from your donations will be used to pay for hosting fees, which are the most expensive ongoing part of providing this show. Thank you in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Supreme, sublime, superb, and any other adjective to describe VCU that you want to use Please use it, because that's what they were today. Welcome to Rams Rewind, live here in the VCU Good, the Bad, and the Ugly group, and out there in podcast land for you. Uh, thank you for listening. If you like what you hear and you want to slip us some dinero, there is a link to the PayPal where you can donate to us in the description on Podbean and your other podcast plat- podcast platforms. We really appreciate all the support you've shown us all year. And I would really hope you like what you hear today because, my goodness, that offensive performance takes your breath away. VCU absolutely just shooting the lights out of the Barclays Center. What a magnificent offensive performance. How about this? They have five guys in double figures. One of them is not named Jalen Deloach, who had nine points and would have had a huge game but for four fouls and only playing 18 minutes. And I'll be honest, I kind of wanted him back in there at the end before we actually drifted a little bit and let St. Louis get this thing way closer than they should have got it um, so that he could get the double figures so we could have six guys in double figures. The only other disappointment is that we end up stuck on 90, so we don't get this. We, we tie the season high at Northern Illinois, but we don't get the season high. For, uh, for points, because uh, we really should have. What a marvelous game, though. Total team effort again. And you think about that first half. VCU on fire in the first half uh, in this game. Shooting 65%, shooting 5 of 8 from 3. Absolutely amazing. And yet it's, a close, and yet it's only a 5-point game at the half. And you see Slate Lewis making 7 of 12 from 3, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, gosh, have we done it to ourselves again? Because we've seen this, not not admittedly in a game of this high scoring, but we've seen this. I don't know why I'm not getting comments. That's annoying that I'm not getting comments. So there we go. Um, you know, you know, because the other times that we've done this where we've had leads and then let them go, they were more defensive games than this, but you're just like – Boy, this, this first four minutes of the second half is going to be so critical, the first segment, because VCU, the way they were playing on offense, they should have been they should have been in minimum 11, 12 points ahead, and in my opinion, 15 or 16 points. Well, that first segment of the second half, my God, they just dropped the hammer on St. Louis. I think they made eight of their first ten shots to start the second half. And in an instant, it felt like an instant, that five-point lead was a 16-point lead. 
And and it was just I mean this this really when you look at when you look at the team performance, you just can't help but be impressed. Um Jay and Jay Nunn in the second half. I mean, showing you just about everything. How about Jay Nunn in the second half? 15 points. Six of seven, he makes two threes. The one big negative is he missed some foul shots, although again, those those came at the end with the game decided. You know, that Jay Nunn just just doing that, that dunk. Holy cow. Did hands up all of you that knew that Jade Nunn could get up like that and thunder it down. I mean, I hope that makes Sports Center tonight. That ought to be a top ten play. Just went in there and blam. That was absolutely fantastic. No, we are not having celebratory tequila, Bradley Heath. We are not doing that. No, no, no. No tequila. Tequila. Devil juice. We're not having any devil juice. By the way, uh, uh, a little bit of tales from the non-conference here. Howard, the number one seed in the MEAC, who VCU beat uh, in the non-conference play, tied with Norfolk State with under three minutes to go, 57 all. Hell of a game in the scope. Norfolk scope, go Bison. Make us look a little better by winning that, but really, this is just—I mean, this—I mean, seriously. For the most part, there were a few moments of selfishness, especially in the first half. But in general, this team was about finding the better shot a lot of the time, and and you just can't argue. You cannot argue in a game with. Let's see here. 19 assists on 34 made baskets. That's when you know you're playing right. That's when you know you're doing the right things. The only person who got in the game who didn't get an assist was Josh Banks, and he only got in at the very end. Baldwin, six. The Loach had one. Nunn had one. Nick Kern had four. Nick Kern only had six points tonight, but again, Nick Kern with, with great rebounds. Nick Kern with some steals. Nick Kern making the right decision almost every time, passing it off. He even hit nailed a baseline J at the end of the shot clock. You know, he's not one of the guys in double figures, but Nick Kern was marvelous tonight. Johns had three assists. What a night Johns had. Uh, one assist Watkins, one assist Zeb Jackson, two assists Shriver. Uh, you know, seriously, you could – this – We've had some games that, that wouldn't hang in an art gallery. This game is a masterpiece. This game is is Mark Chagall, Leonardo da Vinci, Titian, name your famous master master painter. That's that's who it is. Bradley Heath, we'll get to that. We got I want to I want to talk about just how wonderful this team was today. And yes, Manny Woodlock, it was great. We did not have to worry about really anything. I mean, they drifted a little bit at the end, which is annoying. Because, again, I I was thinking to myself, honestly, when they got to 80, and I think that was with six minutes left, I'm like, let's get to 100. It feels like it's been forever since we had a triple. We had triple figures. I wanted to get to 100 so bad. I also wanted to get Deloach to double figures so we'd have six and double figures. I'll tell you what, though. It was, it was just – it was so terrific. The way they played. And, I mean, Ace, early in the game, first couple possessions not great, down 5 nothing. Ace makes his first two shots to get us going. He gets the assist later. He gets five boards, triple nickel from him. I think he had a couple steals, too, because, my Lord, VCU, 
They only ended up with, I think, 10 or 11 steals, 10, and they had eight in the first eight minutes. Baldwin actually didn't have any, which is a shock. That's unusual. But again, Baldwin, for the most part, under control. A couple of times he dribbled into trouble and was looking to shoot when he should have been looking to pass. But by and large, good game from him. Deloach, despite the foul trouble when he was on the floor, he was terrific. And you know what? I'd be curious. Look, it was his plus minus today. It had to be pretty good. Yeah, Jalen Deloach's plus minus. Here, here's a perfect example. Jalen Deloach only plays 18 minutes, but his plus minus is plus 13. You know, that's pretty darn good, you got to say, uh, from, from Jalen Deloach there, even though he only played the 18 minutes. I mean, Jaden Nunn, we already talked about him. You know, 15 in the second half, he should, and somebody said it. Uh, I think it was Ryan Thompson said he should have had 20, and you're right. He should have had 20. Um, just, just a really – just and, and, yeah, all you folks that traveled this morning, like Daniel Carter and Carlos Diaz, a few others in our group, yeah, I bet that was worth it. Uh, that was that had to be worth it because that, that was a really awesome performance. I mean, that's that's worth the money when you see a team do that. So we already talked about none. Cur- Brandon Johnson, Brandon Johnson, four steals. Don't know what it was tonight, but it was like he had – he had the perfect clock in his head when to stick his hand in there, knock the ball out. He gets four steals, all of them right at the beginning. Ends up with 16 points. And really should have had more because there's a couple times where he didn't pull the trigger down there and didn't finish like I wanted him to. And he should have scored and he didn't. But almost a double-double from Brandon John. 16 points, nine boards, three assists, four steals. That is that is stuff on the stat sheet big time. Jameer Watkins, what a performance from Jameer Watkins. Couple of Eli's guys, threes, sure. 15 points off the bench. You know, had some big threes in the first half to kind of to kind of keep us keep us in the right spot, keep us where we were going, needed to be going. Makes three or four from the foul line in the second half. Some nice rebounds. And most importantly of all, how about some of the decisions? You know, Jameer Watkins early in the game, and this is when I really should have known that we were on today. Um, good to see you, Chris Conway. See, Chris Conway's got you for taking a shot, uh, uh, Bradley Heath. He's your man on that. But early in the game, Watkins gets the steal, and Hargrove is standing there because he's like, I know Watkins is going to barrel into me and get the, get the foul. And Watkins just goes right around him and Hargrove and gets a piece of Hargrove, but it's never a charge. The refs call it right. It's a block, and he gets the and one and makes the three-point play, and you're just like, Yes, 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 Jameer. And a couple of other times, you know, he could have he could have taken a bad shot and he passed it. A couple of other times he pulled up. A lot of great decisions from, from Jameer Watkins today, showing that maturity that you need him to have. Oh, I'll tell you what, it was really something. It was really something. Yeah, and Jason Hutto, none, that's the thing. None didn't score a lot in the first half, but he was everywhere playing really good defense. And here's the other thing. They wore down Yuri Collins, really, because they were talking about, oh, Yuri Collins got 10 assists. Yuri Collins, two assists in the second half. Two! And they, as a team, this tells you about them. And this is and this is with St. Louis making eight of their last dead gum 10 shots. Three assists on 14 made baskets. That is not what you want from St. Louis. And even making eight of their last 10, St. Louis still was only 42% from the field in the second half and only two of eight from three. So 
They end up under 50% after they were hot as a pistol to start the game in the first half. Absolutely hot as a pistol. And they uh, and they end up under 50%. Um, wow, I think Howard just got a big bailout right at the end of the shot clock. They got a chance to take the lead with less than a minute left at the foul line. So, you know, VCU defensively, great job. Watkins was part of that. Zeb played some good defense today. None especially. Kern, too. And then, of course, David Shriver, you almost didn't notice it because it was I think it was all in the first half that he got all his points. He might have had one. He had one three in the second half. David Shriver, four for five from the field, three for four from three. And when VCU really got on top in that first half before St. Louis came charging back, Shriver really put it on him. Really put it on him. Again, taking good shots, taking smart shots. He's had a really great tournament. You're absolutely right, Ryan Thompson. And that's it, Ryan Thompson. And we talked about, we've talked about this before, but it's so true. You just can't load up on one or two guys. We have so many different guys that can give you double-figure scoring. Again, if Deloach is one missed free throw away from us having six guys in double figures and he only played 18 minutes. Um, you know, that that is... That is absolutely fantastic. And you're right, Bruce Stevenson, about Jaden Nunn. His first half defense was as good as his second half offense. You're absolutely right. Oh, my. We got a foul on Howard going for a steal, and Norfolk State can take the lead with 49 seconds left. It's a tie game. Howard only made one out of two from the foul line. Norfolk State's going to line for two shots. So, you know, this is, again, Try, try picking the best player of the game. I mean, I you could give it you could give it to four or five different guys, and you could give it to even Nick Kern, and he didn't have double figures. Heroes all over the floor. So that's that's the thing. The real test, if they play Dayton tomorrow, the real test is them because we played two games against Dayton, and we got sixty three and one, and and snuck home the winner, and got fifty eight in the other and lost. Can we? We've had two really great offensive games, and really, when we when we go if we go and look at the schedule, let's see here. I mean, our offense since the Rhode Island game, our offense has been on fire. Eighty against Fordham, eighty-eight against St. Joe's, seventy-three against Richmond, seventy-nine against St. Louis, seventy-four against GW, seventy-one against Davidson, ninety against St. Louis. If it's Dayton. That is the acid test tomorrow because they are the best defensive team in this league by just about every metric you can think of. And I know that might be hard for some VCU fans to hear, but it's true. Um, They've been number one in field goal percentage defense and points allowed, and I think they've even been ahead of us in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm. I'd actually have to look. So they've been – they're the best defensive team, and VCU hadn't done squat against them, as I said. You know, I was fifty. I was fifty-eight in the loss there, and sixty-three when we came storming back. So, if VCU could put up anything close to what they did today in that game, then you know this offense is it. And Howard has just missed a shot. Norfolk State's got the rebound; they got a foul. Norfolk State might just pull this one out against Howard. That'd be a tough one for Howard and a tough one for our uh, tails from the non-conference. Oh well, um, that's the acid test. Is if they play if they play Dayton. Fordham's a pretty good defensive team too, but they're not Dayton. Dayton is a Dayton is up here. Dayton's defense is not far off what VCU had last year when they were one of the best defensive teams in the country by every metric, every metric. 
So, and all right, so let's let's get into it. Jason Hutto says we need Dayton. We can get the at-large bid if we play Dayton and lose. That's a fair point. Uh, based on the regular season, you'd absolutely want Fordham. VCU rolled Fordham um, at home, you know, after having lost a couple of games at home. And that was a huge game. Remember at the time, Fordham could have tied us in the standings. Had they won and they would have had the tiebreaker, VCU jumped them. And Fordham was never really in the game. Uh, they did a great job on Khalid Moore. Quisenberry had got nothing until the end of the game when the game was over as a contest. You know, VCU was fantastic against Fordham. So based on that, I would say Fordham, and I'd add this. We know that's going to be a big Fordham crowd today. And my God, if they get to, if they find a way to beat Dayton after Dayton kicked the you-know-what out of them in the regular season, that, that will be, there will be Fordham all over the place. There will be maroon and white. I think it's maroon and white. Their colors will be everywhere. Not to, not to say that VCU won't have plenty of people there. We do. You saw it in the crowd today. You heard it. The VCU fans were very noisy. But that's the other thing about having Fordham that I would like. Because you know what? VCU's won eight in a row on the road, second longest in the country. I think it was Everett Pulliam that showed that stat. Great stat. A, a hostile crowd absolutely fires VCU up. By the way, first free throw good, Norfolk State up three. Um, uh, so that's the other thing about Fordham that would be good is that that crowd could really energize VCU and get it going. Um, John O'Neill, I, I think what you're saying is if he shoots him or if he makes three threes, because he's had there, I know there's been some games where he shot more than three threes and we've lost, you know, some of those were like earlier in the season and such, um, uh, the stat that I heard from Tyler Cronin, oh, wow, big three for Howard, it's a one-point game. The stat I heard from Tyler Cronin on three bid league is the only game this year that BCU's lost where Shriver's made multiple threes was Arizona State, and we know what happened there. The less said about it, the better. All right, and the Dayton thing is obviously better for the schedule, better for, better for the schedule overall. You know they're top. They're 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 right on the cusp of a, of quad one. They're right on the cusp of the top seventy five. If they win today, they probably will be in the top seventy five by tomorrow when we play them. And thusly, that would be that. You know that wouldn't be a quad one game for these purposes. But their win at Dayton would be a quad one win. And of course, they got a quad one win because it beat us at VCU. So it's it's tough. One thing about it, whoever they play, they play offense like this, they're not losing. I don't care who it is. That uh, that other team is going to have to be shooting 65 70% to beat us when we play offense like this. Because, seriously, the length, the fact that we can come at you in waves, it's hard for these teams to deal with. And the fact that there's so many different guys, you just – you can't focus on one guy. You know, Ace was good today with the assists, but the other guys had 13 assists. So it's not as if so it wasn't all just ace. Oh my lord, Norfolk State's just throwing the ball away. The guy went the wrong way and he just threw it straight out of bounds. And Howard is gonna have this ball with 13 seconds left with a chance to win. Holy mackerel. Just a total brain freeze by by the by the inbounder there. What happens here? I'm sorry, I have to interrupt with this. Oh, he's thinking he's coming the other way, and instead he comes towards him, and oh lordy. 
Howard's got a chance to pull this out. This would be unbelievable. Yeah, Brian Mahoney, it was a great team win. Like you just you can't single out one guy when you play like this. Just just too many, too many great, too many great players, too many great plays by different players. Oh, and they call a foul with six seconds left, and oh, I don't know about that. Mm. Oh, that's a tough one for Norfolk State. But six seconds, plenty of time, even if he makes both free throws. Might have overtime in this game. So you're right, you can't single. You just can't single one guy out. Absolutely not. So, Fordham or Dayton, obviously it would probably be preferential to play Fordham. But honestly, playing offense like this, and, and the thing is, it's again, it's the test of Dayton. Can we put up 70-plus, 75-plus against that defense? Because if we can do that, then it's serious. Then we're a real serious team that can go into this tournament and win a game and maybe even win multiple games in the tournament. And that's what we're talking about here. You know, we've gotten – Mike Rhodes has gotten two big monkeys off his back. He's gotten the monkey about not winning away from the Seagull Center in postseason. He's got two of those now. He's gotten the St. Louis monkey off our back. We had to beat them in the tournament because early in our days at the A-10, St. Louis, St. Louis gave us a problem. We've, we've cleared that out. We've cleared that out. So now it's now it's you know getting into the tournament and winning. And again, beat this Dayton team and score like this tomorrow, and you really can't believe that. Uh, Brian Mahan Witte, Fordham played, I think, Kentucky. I will look at that right now because it's a good question. They played the, either the weakest or second weakest non-conference schedule according to Ken Palm. But I think they did play one really good team. I think it was Kentucky. And, and they got smoked is what I remember. Let me look. Uh, they played Arkansas. They played Arkansas the second night of the season uh, when Arkansas was ranked in the top ten. Arkansas crushed them 74-48. Everybody else they played at home, I think. I don't think they played another road game the rest of the way except for this. Yeah, they, 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 they played all their games at home. So, yeah. So, Fordham had played a weak non-conference schedule, Brian Mahan Witte. That's why they got this gaudy record. It was understandable. And, you know, John O'Neill, that's a good point. Dayton does have players hurt. No Kobe Elvis. I heard them talking about that yesterday on 3-Bid League, that Kobe Elvis is out probably for the tournament and probably for the red, maybe for the rest of the season. Dayton's got a short bench. So here's what we are – whatever we're rooting for, here's what we're rooting for. The two of them to play a hell-for-leather, close, physical – game, if it can go on overtime or two overtime, just just have Dayton and Fordham just, just bust each other in the head for two hours or two and a half hours. That's what we're rooting for. Because I'll tell you what, John O'Neill makes a good point about Dayton's injuries and their lack of depth. It might be better to play Dayton if Dayton has a tough game today. Because you know, they got to come right back, play tomorrow, 1 o'clock. That's going to be tough for Dayton. If they had all their horses, it'd be a different story. And, hell, if they had all their horses all year, we'd be talking about Dayton probably being the best team in this league. And if VCU was playing them in the final, VCU would be the one that's a potential bid thief. And Dayton would be the one all the bubble teams would be rooting for. Um, but they don't. And they haven't all year, and they've had terrible – yeah, seven overtime? Sure, Brian Mahon, would he not? Why not? We we ain't got nowhere to go. We can sit there and watch seven overtime games, sure. Doesn't bother me at all. But that's what that's the 
that's the that's the advantage of playing Dayton is that Dayton, if they have a tough game today, because they're only gonna because with Kobe Elvis out, they really only got six players they can play, and apparently Sheriff Johnson's questionable too. And how about it? Howard wins. They get a drive to the basket, Norfolk State, and the guy was too far under and got blocked by the rim. And Howard University goes to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1992, 65-64. Just another little tick for VCU's non-conference schedule, which is, you know, wasn't as good as last year. That's another team into the field that VCU's played. That's two. Kennesaw State, Howard, and, and believe it or not, Vanderbilt's a chance. I absolutely believe Vanderbilt's a chance. And, of course, Pittsburgh and Arizona State are two of your last four in uh, who we played at the, at the Legends Classic. So we could have a lot of teams in this field. You know, we could have a decent amount of teams in this field by the time we get to the end of this. Congratulations, Howard Bison. Good scheduling. Jimmy Martelli, you know, I mean, it was not as good as last year, but he, he must have – he had a feeling about Howard or something, and that ends up being a nice-looking win. That was great defense at the end, too, by, by the Bison. So, tomorrow, 1 o'clock. Consulted with my producer right as the game was getting over with so that, that we could figure this out. So here it is. Here's what we're going to do. If VCU wins the championship, there will be a live video, but that will not be the podcast for obvious reasons. It just won't be. It will not be the podcast it will be nothing but celebrations. It will be sort of old school, what we used to do before the podcast. There'll probably be, you know, some some audio clips joining us. There'll probably be lots of happy swearing. There might even be drinking. You never know. We'll see. Um, and uh, that's how that'll go. And then what there will be is a podcast that will come out after the bracket, because VCU being the bracket. Um and that's, that'll be the plan there. So that's if VCU wins tomorrow. If they lose, it'll be the normal service. Live video with the podcast. That'll also be the podcast because I will presume, maybe incorrectly, but I will presume that VCU's not going to make it if we don't get the at-large. Uh, so there we go. So that's, so, that, so that's the plan. That is the plan for tomorrow. That is what we're doing. So for those of you out in podcast land, this will drop later this afternoon is what I was told. We're going to get this out today for you. And, of course, you know, Monday, Monday or Sunday, Sunday night or Monday morning, a podcast with hopefully VCU in the field, and we're going to know what VCU is doing there. So that is it. I want to thank everybody for, for, for listening. Too bad my phone couldn't show comments, but for all of you who left comments in the, uh, in, in the, in the video, I really appreciate it as always. VCU Good and the Bad and the Ugly group, join us. We have a fun game thread today. We've got, we've got, uh, we'll have, um, you know, we, we are constantly following what our non-conference opponents are doing like we just did there with Howard. We've still got Vanderbilt uh, and, and Memphis later today. Maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow for both of those teams, we'll see. Um, VCU by the numbers, and we will have one Wednesday. I'm planning one Wednesday, uh, middle of the week. Because presuming and hoping that VCU is in the NCAA tournament, they were not going to be playing till Thursday or Friday. So that's the plan there. Of course, if it's the, the NIT, if they are in the NIT, which would be unfortunate, uh, we'll 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 adjust based on that. So thank you all for listening. I hope you all enjoyed this. What a win! 
What a performance. Just just absolutely fantastic from VCU. Really, really, I mean, there was a couple of minutes here and a couple of minutes there where it got a little bit shaky. But in general, VCU dominant back in the final where they belong. You think about all those finals under Shaka Smart and Will Wade. And now, second final under Mike Rhodes. Let us, let's, let's hope that this is the beginning of another run of conference finals and hopefully some conference finals wins this time. Because, of course, as they had to point out, VCU's 1-5 in the A-10 finals, and we don't love that. Granted, that one was one we had to have when it looked like we were questionable to make the tournament. So maybe maybe this will maybe this will go okay and we'll uh, we'll do the job here. So thank you all very much for listening. Catch you tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, I don't know, we'll see. Uh, and have a good day everybody. Let's enjoy this second semifinal between Fordham and and, and Dayton knowing that we're gonna be in the final. Talk to y'all later. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.